Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant, Shandaland Stand Podcast. Hi Portia. Hey Nams. How's it going? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> I'm late to this recording today, so we'll have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you were. Yes. I'm sorry. I was chasing you down. And I was like, why do I have three missed calls from Nomsa? And I was like, oh, it's not tomorrow, it's today. <laughs> tomorrow is today. Well, I'm glad we could do this because this is a topic that is so intriguing to me because it involves religion and culty vibes. Um, and so let's get to it because today we're talking about the new Netflix documentary, Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. And wow, um, what a time. This is a four-part documentary about the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as fundamentalists or FLDR. FLDS. And that's what I said. <laughs> that's not what you said. What is FLDR? I don't, don't think that this is what you meant, but FLDR can mean like a fidelity low duration bond factor, which is like a whole different oh, thing. No. But it's also, if I'm not wrong, a rebel group in the Congo. Oh! That it's a French acronym, something close to that. FL did it. Yeah, I think it's FLDR. I don't think you actually meant to say any of that at all, but it's the F. No. <laughs> it's a group, it's a sect, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were saying what you were saying. I was saying what I was saying. Um, yeah, FLDS. And mm-hmm. they're basically a fundamentalist offshoot of the Mormon church the biggest of the fundamentalist groups that came out of the Mormon groups. And this focuses on them from the time that uh, Rulon Jeffs was leading. And then up until now, where Warren Jeffs is the leader. And just a warning, um, we will be talking about um, some statutory and marital rape and sexual assault and abuse that is involved in the documentary itself. This was, you know, I remember I started watching the first 20 minutes. I said to you, Porsche, this is mm-hmm. a lot. It is. Wow. It, it is a lot. At the same time, it's fairly. Um, no, I mean, I'm not even trying to diminish it at all. It's obviously a lot. But we've talked about before how it's funny because it also kind of made me think about we work and Theranos, you know, you said culty vibes, but the term of art, respectfully, what people would say is high control groups, right? Yeah. And yeah. It, I guess it's just so it's always more shocking and more assaulting to the senses when people are using your, at least to me anyway, your eternal soul like your divinity, like what, mm-hmm. happened, like your whole entire, because it's one thing to, determine people's earth like consequences for people like in this lifetime on earth while they know themselves to be alive but to hold eternal damnation to this tiny pinpoint which is just these two men you know like warren just to say i am the vessel and the mm-hmm. prophet and what everything that i say is absolutely true 
and then all these other different fear tactics i'm like being wishy-washy right now because we're going to get into it but mm. yeah it always makes me much more like affected when it's not a secular high control group i don't i haven't fully unpacked why but re- religious um high control groups I, they just seem far more sinister to me because it's such a it's a, like having faith it's such a deeply personal thing and you do many you're being led into love you know what i mean you're being mm. and you think you're in the right place with the right people doing the right thing and serving god you know with all the mm. heaviness that that entails and then you exploit people it's like ah oh, and you do it you the head you know what i mean like every mm. single time i see these ones the sort of spiritual like overtly spiritual not we work like we're here just to change the consciousness of the- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always it feel it's always a lot it's always very much because it takes it is, so much yeah. from those people from those individuals who put their faith in you and i you know i interestingly you thought of those sort of things we work and i actually thought of um maga and trumpism mm. and mm. I, the reason i guess i would say cultish rather than high control because it's i guess in a sense maga is not really a high control group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that sense but it is a culty culty group Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do ascribe to a single leader, and they believe that will bring them mm-hmm. back to this America that they want, love, and mm-hmm. we the white man supreme yeah. vibes. And I just—it's one of my big takeaways, and we'll get to takeaways. But I just want to put it out here first because I thought of Maga the whole time I was watching. Is mm-hmm. eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, so we'll never be in a place where people aren't Maga people, like you know. because there will always be millions of people who still believe and and I mean that in the context of Warren Jeffs who is in prison at the stage and we'll get to all of it but and people who still believe and follow Warren Jeffs who pray for his liberation mm-hmm. daily um who, mm-hmm. a man who who from the from his prison cell leads this group yeah. and I'm like oh okay he still it, has it, between it, i believe 6000 and 10000 people um a hundred who believe who follow mm-hmm. um and who will not be convinced otherwise mm-hmm. that you can show them he does this many things wrong and they will believe that he's being persecuted and it is fake news and it's it's you know it was a, a, quite assaulting to the mind and to the eyes yeah. but it's built in to because the the whole thing is a process right it's systemic mm. systematic coercion and control from birth of you know yes. children and then it's grounded in because here's the thing he has to some extent a way in which he can exculpate himself of responsibility because it's grounded in in the bible as they interpret it of course right yeah. and we have this now i'm always shocked by there's elements of this in the maga crowd but in general most in the US in particular at least um there's a lot of different groups of christians who genuinely believe that they are being persecuted even though we live globally in a christian hegemony like your mm-hmm. money says in god we trust we know that's a christian god <laughs> nobody is person except in like in, in the is small places like in you know me in uh, in certain asian countries where they are mm, still yeah. on this day at this time you know what i mean like christians are a minority and are persecuted 
but by and very large, mm. everybody celebrates Christmas, right? That's yeah. Christian yeah. and the elements of that, nobody's mad at you. There's not a whole lot of like Christians being propagandized in the television as like terrorists of some kind, even though mm-hmm. the white supremacist guys who go and shoot up schools often ground them. Like, it's just... I don't, it, it makes no sense. And there's still that feeling because they're like, well, now I have to acknowledge Eid, you know, and that tells <laughs> me you're encroaching on our territory. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, but only, anyway, all of that to say that because you can ground it in this sacred text that is outside of you and that has this huge, you know what I mean? It's very respected, you know, to put it like mildly. It has yes, this, yes, yeah. oh, that has this huge mythical quality and thousand year long like cultural hold because of colonialism globally. It's so easy to say, ah, you see, it says in these lines that we will be persecuted for our deeply held dedication to whatever. And I'm the great symbol of that. And martyrdom, suffering. He, he, mm-hmm. You see how they twist it. So they arrest him for literally sexually abusing women right and he's like do you see how the outside world is out to get me (laughs) yeah exactly and you know this this also made me think about many different especially religious control groups high control groups because it's not unique to the fundamentalists Mm -hmm. it's not even unique to christian christianity no no Um, and it's definitely not unique to america and there's so many different forms of it especially in christianity which is a context i know more about Mm. and in even in south africa it is there are so many offshoots of mm-hmm. Christianity in, in inverted, inverted commas mm-hmm. where the main source is always this one person, this yeah, one man. man. He is the, the light, the source, the ruler, the, he is God's representative on earth. And regardless of what the Bible talk says about any of that, mm-hmm. this it's always, it is, and whenever someone says something against them, against them, not just in Christianity, I guess, I guess in Scientology, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the fundamentalist group, yeah. in what, whatever. Mm-hmm. If someone says something against them, they're being persecuted. Mm-hmm. You can see we're being persecuted. You can oh, see. Oh, the person who is questioning <laughs> them is, ah, you see, they've been infected with the spirit of like exactly. not believing. You're, you're unbelieving. You haven't thought. And I mean, we've talked about this before because often, and again, another thing that has always surprised me is I've usually found that people who leave high control groups or people who like can't get into groupthink have thought the most about it. That's why they've landed. Yes. <laughs> like, that's I don't why they've I landed at the, yes. But they get ostracized and, and they're being told, you're not believing, you're not getting. And it's like, if you only knew. <laughs> like, if, yeah, <laughs> where we come from. Can like, I yeah. just, just a segue, short mm-hmm. segue. I've been listening to, there's a podcast I actually, I've come back to listening to and they were speaking about MLMs. Um, oh, yeah, the, level marketing. Oh, I hate it. Pyramid schemes. They're, yeah. they're, well, they're not. I know. It's a they, they're triangles, <laughs> not pyramids. <laughs> My God, this distinction is hilarious to me. Okay, continue. But there was a specific, there was a, a lady who was um, a part of, her, her family was a part of Amway, an MLM, let's be clear, that we're calling yeah, them yeah, MLM. Yeah. But she talks about how it was, there was very much a religious um, aspect to it. 
like it's very religious it's obviously it's very right wing they you know donate millions they've mm-hmm. over the years have donated hundreds of millions to the republican party and all of that but there it's it's very much there's a cultural aspect and a religious aspect to amway and she talks about how her what they were taught is that anyone who isn't in amway is not wise and doesn't like because anyone can sell anyone can do this and anyone who doesn't do it is not is not just doesn't have the revelation essentially and they talk about how people who then leave Amway are basically apostates in a sense. They they are um, the worst kind of people because you know it's bad when someone doesn't join. Like mm-hmm. how stupid are they? But yeah. the ones who know the truth and leave are the worst kind of people. And it's complete. And it's and hearing that I'm like, oh, this is a religious sect because mm-hmm. there is that is what happens in these you know, religious high control groups is you leave and then you are, you are the worst. You mm-hmm. are the worst of the worst. You're worse than people who never knew mm-hmm. because how can you leave? How can you know um, and choose? Knowing otherwise. the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Which is always such a, it's, it's a very confusing thing, at least in my understanding. I'm always just surprised that the, that your faith can be so fragile because I'm always like, if I had that deep held belief, why would I be bothered? Like that somebody mm-hmm. else I would, you know, didn't, you know, I would, I, but it's built in again, you can find a way to say that it's because, and it's like the woman said in the documentary, there's that one woman who says that they were so scared because it was for their salvation. You did whatever, yes. it even if it was wrong. I remember she said, even mm. if it was wrong, you just did it. And in her culture, how she grew up, you're taught you're the one and only true people. This is the FLDS yeah. of God on the whole face of the earth. And of course, yeah. how is that be? Oh, you know, we, we've really segued around because there's so many elements to this and how it gets so more and more controlled elements. because the powers that be are controlling the information you receive. They're controlling mm. how you dress. They're controlling. And then, of course, you're seeing the consequences when people leave. You know, it's the same with like Jehovah's Witnesses, the more fundamentalist ones. They really, it's like a hard cutoff. You can't go to yeah. any kingdom hall in the whole like, world, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, yeah, it's, and it's, and that is one of the things like core to human beings, like being um, ostracized is one of the most painful, mm. most painful things that you can experience having that. Lack we of- want to belong. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, maybe, let's get but, but the main spray and obey, essentially, we, like we said at the top, it starts up with Rulon Jeffs and, he is the the prophets, as they call him, the head of the FLDS in in this place, which is at the border of Utah and Arizona. And basically, FLDS became an offshoot of mainstream Mormonism, Mormonism because the Mormons at some stage decided that um, polygamy was no longer allowed. It was wrong. Interestingly, I was reading up on it. The reason they did that was because of political pressure. Um, mm-hmm. more so than anything else um, yeah and they had to get statehood for Utah for Utah yeah, yeah. And, and so the head of the of the Mormons then put out an ordinance to say no more polygamy or what they would term plural marriage and in because the 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 law of the area was that polygamy was wrong it was illegal so they said the church must now obey the laws of the land 
And so the fundamentalists, many of them, they moved out of that because they believed that fundamentally plural marriage was a part of the faith. It should be practiced because of this idea, the more wives a man had, the higher up he would go in in heaven. These, These three levels of heaven and the highest being the celestial kingdom. And to get there, you are the purest of the pure. And one of the ways to guarantee your your life there, specifically as a man, because they don't know about the women, is to marry at least three women. So they decided we are keeping this. We keep this idea in the Mormons who don't practice this. They're just they're just lost and they'll come to know the truth at some stage. So many, many years later, Rulon is one of the he's the main prophet. And they believed the prophet was the God's representative on earth. The things he said were revelations from God, coming straight from God. From God, And what makes this fundamentalist group different to the other fundamentalist offshoots was that they believed that the prophets had the right to select who these men were going to marry, to so select the different wives. They also believed that these wives could be young girls. So they didn't have to be 18 and above. They could be 17, 16, 15, 14. By the time of, um, of Warren Jeffs, they could be 12. They also, another difference is that they believed that you could marry your relatives. So the one lady, Elisa, um, who eventually testified against Warren Jeffs, she was forced to marry her first cousin, which is something the other fundamentalist groups don't actually believe in. So it is quite, even it's the biggest, but it's quite remote in its beliefs, so to speak. Um, and Rulon Jeffs had many sons and many wives. He had over 20 and he had over 60 kids. That's one of the stories. The other is that he had even more than 20 and he kept marrying and they would get younger and younger and younger and younger. And Warren Jeffs was one of his sons, one of the favorites that was put forward by one of his wives as this is, you know, I guess the next in line, so to speak. And when Rulon got uh, sick, he had a stroke. Warren Jeffs was next to him the whole time and he basically started taking things over. Eventually, when Rulon Jeffs died, Warren Jeffs declared himself the prophet and he decided that he's the new guy. Um, put, he deceived the people around him into saying and believing that he is now the one descendant of God, so to speak. And when he came in, his whole thing was about establishing even more power more obedience and essentially there's this thing in the documentary they talk about obedience is like a a hair and lisa says that um warren started teaching that perfect obedience perfect is led by hair Mm -hmm. the implication being that a hair is so thin and true obedience means that you could be led by that hair and it wouldn't break. So Mm -hmm. zero, she describes this as absolutely no resistance to that obedience so that you don't Oh, yikes. (laughs) So, and he would basically put rules in, and I guess it was a way also to test the obedience of the people. So there were more things put in that were never there. Apparently took out, uh, well, I guess all forms of fun or entertainment. Guns were taken away, which is the one good thing that Warren Jeffs did. 
<laughs> but people couldn't go they have they couldn't celebrate birthdays they couldn't ex- celebrate i think christmas they couldn't have you know anything that had to do with fun they took away books um that were not religious in their undertones or really overtones he the the way women dressed was even more strictly um guarded they had to cover themselves with underwear that was from the wrists to their ankles covered them and then they all had to then wear pastel colored dresses long dresses no more wearing pants or jeans no they couldn't the color cut red their hair. for some reason no more wearing because of course we all know the color red is devilish <laughs> delilah's on i mean i do Delilah's. want to interject here and say that it is the before it it gets worse as these high control groups tend to do especially if mm-hmm. if we eventually find out about them it means that they didn't manage to keep a steady plateau things got worse and worse and worse until people could not suborn being a part of it anymore is that they did uh, when i was watching it i was like this does seem like a pretty idyllic community you know if you're not thinking about um <laughs> the Wait, fact that some yeah. people are underage no 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 as in taking out the the the, the yes. exploitative part because before because remember they got younger and younger and younger and younger and younger yeah. i'm sure the abuse was replete throughout the years of it you know as rulon was marrying more and more and more like you described it but the a lot of the women were describing like we worked together because remember the the other of part course, of this yeah. is not just like you don't just get married to a man and then you're a stay-at-home mom or anything you're contributing you're working every day there's people farming there's people doing the eggs there's childcare there's teaching there's music class there's real you know communal living real everybody contributes to the well-being of our of the society group. and yeah. i don't want which is quite a like, mormon thing Right. Yeah. And so I don't want to deny like there's good reasons, quote unquote good reasons why people stay in it. Like they see joy, they see community, they see family, like all the like so many kids together in one place. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of like buoyancy and you know joy and you're teaching and like as a teen you're preoccupied, you're learning actual hard skills, you know. Like I'm always like, oh gosh, this modern world has truly failed because when I think about it, my main skill is reading. Can I do anything else? I'm very good at as a lawyer. <laughs> no, no, we're very good at it. We're here, we're thinking, we're talking, we have analyses, you know what I mean? But yeah. should I need to build a shelter? Should I need to feed a group of people? Will I be able to? I, I promise you all those kids in the FLDS by age 10 could have made clothes, fed us, built. <laughs> they <laughs> were, was, yeah. But anyway, they were really self-sustaining. I, I say all that just to say, yes, that they were a self-sustaining, close community. And if you're not thinking about, which I'm not saying you should be ignoring it, that's actually a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to ignore the fact that these these women, these survivors also had pleasant experiences and we've talked a lot about this of about course. having to be able to hold two things as true right absolutely and of course i think in a lot of even in abusive relationships it's not always horrible there are times when you're laughing together but it doesn't take away that it was abusive and i guess right and i would always say the exploitation and the abuse absolutely trumps 
the rest of it. Absolutely. But, um, and I think the allure. The, is- yeah, the allure. But I think also part of it, though, is if we're talking about it being a high control group, is there, there's a reason why it has to be communal. There's mm. a reason why it has to mm. be self-sustaining. Mm. There's a reason why you have to be friends with your sister wives. There's a reason mm. why your children have to play together. Mm. Because... You, they can't play with other kids outside mm-hmm. of that community mm-hmm. because you can't really relate with other people outside of that yeah. community because when you bring outside things in, mm-hmm. you will be enlightened to things um, that you don't necessarily want to consider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, of course, there's good that is experienced, but there is a specific purpose in isolating mm-hmm. the groups. And, and I mean, especially with this group, there is absolutely no denying that the women were sec- were, se- were second-class citizens and had Absolutely. were granted yeah. l- very little agency because in the FLDS, there's no leadership for women. Like, I guess you become no. a leader if you like are in charge of opening and closing the school doors or something. Or <laughs> you're, you're, the you're probably doing that as someone's wife. But, oh, but this is the thing, 100%, right? Like, you can find these pockets, which is true of, I think, a lot of womanhood globally, is that mm. women still lead. Women are still find themselves to be the best at, at certain areas. But the point being, you, you're not welcome to the whole menu. You know what I mean? And yeah. interestingly, and I think globally, is that without women, none of these things can be sustained. Yeah. So there is a huge part where women are sustaining these communities in a very big way, which is why they're so dangerous, I think, for these groups. Yeah. yeah. If we fast forward to when they were campaigning to get those children back after the FBI raided the Zion Ranch, mm-hmm. um, in El Dorado, which is basically much later, Warren Jeffs builds this, the Yearning for Zion Ranch in Texas, and he starts moving a lot of the young children and women to that place, and of course his brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, the FBI, or not the FBI, the the Texas the Rangers, the Texas Rangers and the police raid and take away. I think it was over four hundred children um, from the ranch and they have this campaign where the mothers the so-called i'll put in inverted commas mothers of these children went on tv in mm-hmm. looking in their prairie dresses crying in showing all this emotion and with their high-pitched voices crying about being separated from their children and the family unit is broken and how horrible that the government has done this the mm-hmm. power of using those women mm-hmm. yeah they, they I mean, can I, take I, it down yeah. and they can build it up it's and true. yet they have no place in mm-hmm. in the leadership they have no well, they, have, they, have they no fundamentally say. build it up because they're the ones who keep on having the children who remain and oh, they're and the ones who keep, keep marrying supplying you with men they're the ones who keep marrying they're the gift the ones who keep procreating with you know you and know they and they sustain as your the lie yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and you know there's many things i found very i mean it's essentially when I'm watching, I'm thinking Rulon Jeffs is the pits. Mm-hmm. Um, this old, 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 old man in his 80s is marrying 20-year-old w- girls, that, well, women, 21-year-old and 20-year-old women. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and he's kissing them. And then he takes them into, this is, okay, this is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm burning here. Yeah, yeah. I can feel the heat. <laughs> okay. I've got many problems with purity culture in general. Or one of the problems that I find is to the extreme of it is this, where there is absolutely no speaking to teenagers 
or anyone about sex, mm-hmm. about zero. sexuality, zero, nothing, nothing. And then on the other end, you have to get married and you have to have sex, right? One of Rulon Jeff's wives, wives talks about how they got married. You know, there was a long line of these women, the 20, uh, more than 20 women, that he would kiss his wives, each of them goodnight, and then he would pick one and say, you're coming with me tonight. And the one woman says she had no clue what he was talking about. He, she thought babies were made from kissing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From kissing. Now, I understand teaching abstinence. I actually really do get it. Mm. But without the tools of teaching about sexual health, reproductive health, sexuality, even just anatomy, so that you just know what your body is. So you just any of that, it's I think it's it's so abusive. And it is rape. If we are talking about you just now, he's getting on top of this girl, this woman, and this is what we do. She doesn't know what we do. She doesn't know what that is. She can't possibly be consenting. Yeah. That was really, really, really triggering for me. And because um, you're watching a four-part documentary that we've, with people who have been chosen to be the people who talk to you about this. And don't forget, as you were saying, Warren is choosing wives for himself. So is Rulon. But Warren also is then assigning children. Yes, placement. To men, right? And, you know, it, it was hard for me because I, I, with the men as well, the other ones. Oh, I'm going to tell you, is- yeah. You're going to get, but, but at the same time, I'm like, cause some of them were like, not ideal, but this is the vibe. I've got to get three wives and keep moving on. You know what I mean? But, and, and one of the women was talking about described a very loving relationship with her, yes. husband, the other wives having, you know, and I'm like, I can't deny you that experience, but anyway, of course, back to what you were saying, it really was so hard for me to take because I'm listening to one testimony. Yes, all I can one. think about is how many women that happened to and that mm. it's just and when I thought about when I'm trying to put myself in that shoes I did not ha- I haven't had that experience but I just my I was you know my body was tight as I'm listening because it's I'm like mm. no I can't imagine having no clue zero mm. idea and then having to experience that and then thinking how many women in the world has this happened to how many women in the world marriage you know underage married so deeply i think we talk about all the time we're always on here talking about the objectification of of women but like mm. when you really think about what that word means it is mm. so 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 devastatingly sad that whole people whole women whole girls like children girls are just seen as objects. I don't think we think about that enough, just how dehumanizing that is, you know? Yeah. And one of Warren Jeff's brothers talks about how women in the FLDS were, are treated as chattel. They mm. are belongings to these men. And the example that we gave, that we just spoke about now with Rulon Jeff's is, I mean, that's, that's of the older women. Mm. It becomes even more grotesque and, and depraved with Warren Jeff's where later on they discovered tapes at the, the, the temple at um, Aldera- in Eldorado, Texas, at mm-hmm. the YFZ Ranch. Mm-hmm. And in those tapes, he's, got, he's recording himself with young girls. 
the young, the one of them is youngest, 12, year, 12 years old. And he's, he's praying with her mm-hmm. and speaking to this act that they're about to get into as a spiritual act mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And he then proceeds to rape her. Let's not say have sex with her. He rapes her. Because mm-hmm. what does this 12-year-old know about... He calls, he calls them heavenly training. They are heavenly I mean, tra- on his bed so, in the temple. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> just, is, it's so extreme. And what I wanted to say, just as a side note, I think I've spoken about this a bit. I have spoken about this. Um, but the thing of purity purity culture in general is specifically in Christianity that is so confusing as someone who is in you know has been a seen it has experienced these talks Mm -hmm. is the you know there's this expectation of a snap because of they teach abstinence and nothing else they don't teach about and of course not nothing else they also teach about the shame of sex mm-hmm. <laughs> of that's what i wanted to add to what you were saying to, earlier i'm like there's speak not, about how shameful it is if there's any um, lesson that you get it's usually that one and how it's terrible is you know to have sex outside of marriage and great great fine 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 but then you have to make a switch as soon as you get married where you now, now must enjoy sex mm-hmm. and i'm like on how how do you move i don't even think yesterday yesterday i wasn't married and sex was evil yeah today i'm married and sex is a joy and it is the biggest mind f and it's such a disservice to men and women all over the world um never mind where we go deeper here where you know we're talking about it being a duty these yeah. women are taught it's their duty and you have to fulfill this. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about um, Alicia, no, uh, no, still Elisa, Elisa, El- who is forced to marry a 14 year old, her 19 year old first cousin. Mm-hmm. And he's demanding sex from her. And she is already repulsed by him before they get married. Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, don't touch me. I don't want any of this. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that her whole life, she's been taught nothing about sex to begin mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And then now she's supposed to have kids with her cousin. Right. And that story is particularly affecting because, of course, this is an extreme example. That's why there's documentaries about this, right? Like we had a whole so-called Me Too era that's still going, where we've talked about all so many, we're not even done with excavating the layers of how badly the patriarchal construct (laughs) has ruined (laughs) sex for women. (laughs) It's so bad. We laugh so we don't cry. But like, you remember, they're not allowed, he knows underage, what he's doing is illegal. So they're driving to these places where they can, have the wedding outside in Nevada. in Nevada outside of there because there if you have parental consent I believe it's allowed or something I can't remember why the laws are a bit more lax yeah um, the laws are a bit more lax but they know they'll get so they change their names they're doing it in Texas yes because they moved to Texas I remember in Utah but that story was so sad and you can see how the exploitation runs down the entire lineage because yes. here goes the girl and she's like I don't want to do this and her mother is like mm. There with her, having to Squeezing be part her of it, doesn't want to hold it and is holding her hand, trying to, I guess, be supportive. And then this child is like, well, I don't want to ruin the salvation 
of myself and my mother, which is not something that a child should have to carry. And now she's with this man. And if I'm extending compassion, even to this cousin, right? Like, of course they had the dynamic, but there's also obligations placed on them. Like on him requirements of being headship, you know, of the family. And so he's there like, this is my first sister wife, you know, like if she doesn't, we're expected to have a child. And he's then also driven because of the situation there to be aggressive about it. I don't know that he would absolutely be that way. You know, as much as I'm as a woman, I want to be like, oh, rapers are damned to hell and they suck. Like they also become that way in a context, you know, and it's all. He also doesn't believe he's raping her. He, I, I, this is exactly what I, that's the exact thing I was about to say. And you, you know, when you say that, it's it's like for us, it's like, oh, I can't believe that sentence, but it's absolutely true. Like he's he getting, believes it's it's the duty owed to him, and she's actually it's the one who's being not dutiful and ruining. She's being unreasonable. Everybody. She's being yeah. completely unreasonable, especially because this is what we're supposed to do. And remember, he's been raised to believe the only way he gets to the celestial kingdom is if he, if he has at least three wives and he must also procreate so he's trying to get to heaven too yeah everybody's on the hustle on the heaven hustle it's <laughs> like he's not heaven hustle. Heaven, which is so and it's it, this one makes me mad at least in in, in the less fundamentalist uh, uh group we be, you know how like we believe like heaven's a vibe everybody's having a good time <laughs> yes like, everyone's having a good people. time yeah. i cannot i cannot imagine i mean i've barely managed to sustain things that don't make logical sense <laughs> i can't imagine being in a situation where they're like here are the rules this is the hierarchy. Do this thing. And then I'm supposed to hustle to go to a place with more hierarchy. With more. Wait, like, wait. what is that? Also, you know what? what I was, when I was watching this, I, okay, I have to say, I am Christian. And I, you may have heard this being said and thought, oh, I'm Christian by faith. Mm. But I do not believe in religion anymore. Like, in a deep, deep, deep way. Not just because of this, but many, just many things. I in the in the religious aspects of it, in any, I in fact believe that Jesus came to overthrow that. That is the very thing, the because all of these things. And if you look at the FLDS specifically, they Mm. believe themselves to be the only, Mm. the only ones, like you said um, in the beginning, that were inherent of heaven, Mm. and 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 so it means to the exclusion of everyone else, Mm. and so. And, and that's the thing about religion is that it is to the exclusion. Mm-hmm. And, and yet Jesus is not talking about that at all. If we read the actual, if, you know, if you testaments. Take Jesus seriously. Yeah. If you take, if you take Jesus at his word, mm-hmm. he, he's saying that to the, the Jews of the time and not, not the very religious Jews in the temples. And he's saying to them, you're doing all these things to exclude people and you are profiting off of it. And he is condemning all of that, which is a big part of religion, you know, in general, not just Christianity, Mm -hmm. religion in general, the profiting off of it and the exclusion of the exclusionary part. And And it doesn't bear good fruit. Look at it. Look at it when it's taken to its extreme. And then there was also this part, then, then watching this, I was like, I don't know how attractive this really is to people. If we're talking about it, like inheriting eternal life, I'm like, cool but if this is what life is like now if you're in the flds why on earth are you trying to get to eternal life it's like it's 
fire and brimstone every day. Those were his teachings. Like the end is coming. You need to do more, be more. You were never good enough. Um, You need to give more. You need to, you are are always, there was a time when he was no longer in the Utah, Arizona area. And he was fleet. He was basically on the run when he had become a fugitive Mm -hmm. and he was up and down the YFZ ranch. Um, And, he he was being sent three was it three hundred thousand dollars a week because you know, they would tell the, the the congregants that they had to scratch up money together to send to the church they had to do it and you have to in the same way now they are being told that you have to pray and fast for for Warren Jeffs to leave prison. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's not out is because you're not doing enough. You're not praying enough. What? It's, yeah. And I mean, one of the, the bound, I keep wanting to call him a bounty hunter, which is showing my own. Oh, but he was a bounty hunter at some stage. The the guy with the hat. who was Yeah, he was. Catching these people. Yes, he was a bounty he, hunter at some stage. He, he, he stated that we mustn't also forget that aside from the sexual exploitation of young girls, um, there was also the labor exploitation of all the men. Of the, um, they were yes, free. and the boys. Boys. Yes. And he called it the largest labor trafficking like thingy in, in that area, in that region, because men would work construction, would work all these things, and they were doing it for the church. For the church. And they weren't necessarily... And all, yeah, everything was for the church, not for... They weren't unionized. And even the businesses... Yeah. The and businesses the were running and the funds were basically seized by the church. Mm-hmm. Um, they, guys. And the thing is, <laughs> it, it's so sad too because it's such a large swath of people whose self-trust will take so long to build and yeah. whose faith in anything will take, like one of Warren Jeffs's brothers, you know, he was, he was there to tell the story to say, yeah, Warren was shady from the beginning. He was thirsty for mm. power, which is another thing we haven't talked about, but I you know we probably don't have time for, but it's an important thing to all. I think everything is about power in the world. All of it. Everything is about power. This, it's oh. power and white supremacy. White supremacy is the ideology that drives <laughs> a lot of what's happening. But that's also kind of recent history. You know what I mean? Not that mm. um, blah, blah, blah. But even with... Of course, church, yes, yes. But even yes, in church history, all it's, all, it's all about power. It's, it's about power. Yeah. And you can see it because as you were saying, I personally, this is personal, no shade to nobody else, do not... I never saw how anybody reads the like the Jesus story and doesn't see somebody who came to destroy empire and um what's the other word and what you were saying an oppression basically like exploitation by but oh yes by the whether it's religious institutions or state institutions is like yeah this is not about this is <laughs> I'm here about, about liberation and you it it gets co-opted, you know, from a this is a complete side note, but I I met uh a philosophy student but also now now a professor um and he recently wrote a book called elite capture um which oh my is- word it's on my re- reading list is it really yes yes, so, yes. yeah femi read him yes <laughs> on the femi tarot yes. i didn't know you knew him oh my word. Uh, yeah well we oh. met once and had this like re- well, twice i think in la because he was at ucla oh, and now wow. he's teaching i believe somewhere in, on the east coast i'm not sure but yes mm. but the the central i'm i'm gonna just be very reductive about it but it's it's essentially mm. a story about how the elites in any society will mm. capture any novel 
liberation movement, anything that's liberative, like look at, you know, feminism became girl bossing. No, that's capitalism co-opting <laughs> something liberatory. You know what I mean? It's like, no, girl, you don't want to do what they, that's literally what's causing the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it is. And so, and rhetoric, and the same thing happened. You know what I mean? Like early Christians were like, hey, you don't have to be exploited by these people. Like you have inherent worth, you know, like God's got you. Don't worry about it. Mm. And then the mainstream church was like, yes, it does. And now listen to us <laughs> we, and let's put your money a, here we're gonna yeah we're gonna write a whole book that's about this story that you experience on the ground and this is how it should go anyway i'm being very very reductive obviously there's there's more nuance to that but it's just it's such a shame that we we feel so insecure that's what i think it is and that we we need <gasps> That people need to harness power in some shape or form. Um, like Toni Morrison said, like if you have to be, if you can only be told because somebody else is on their knees, you have a serious problem, you know? And the end of that quote is, and my feeling is, ugh, I love that video. Black people have a very serious problem. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And, and just on that, for me, and my feeling is white men have an even more serious problem. And specifically in this documentary, mm. I had trouble mm. feeling sorry for mm. the men. And yeah. hear me, there is a sense in which I, because I'm trying to have empathy mm -hmm. for their experience. And, and as in all of these groups, anyone who is a threat to power has to get kicked out. And that is what happened here. The men who were a threat to Warren Jeff's power were kicked out and their wives and children reassigned to other other husbands um, yeah, children. and and other fathers. Let's also just side note, talk about the lost boys, which were the boys, young boys who were kicked out of the FLDS because they were a threat to the older men who had to marry the young girls. So the younger, the more young men you had, the the more likely the young girls were going to get to marry them. Yeah. So you had to kick out the young boys so that they would marry the older men. Right. Now, let us now remember that the whole time what you're doing is trafficking women, trafficking young girls. And now I must feel sorry for you because you lost your family, you lost your business. You're mm -hmm. only sad because it's happening to you. Mm -hmm. And that is how I felt. And I know it's wrong in the sense that they, they should, we should have empathy for the experience. But it is a thing that I do have difficulty with many groups of people that makes who only yeah. feel now sad because it's happening to them, mm -hmm. that they're being stripped from their families. But they had no sense of sadness or ethics or morality when young teenagers, teenage girls were being married off to older 40-year-old men. They had no sense. Mm -hmm. There was there was the one man who says he had a conversation and he was run out. At the very least, he at least can be applauded for this, doing the very bare minimum or saying the very bare minimum. Mm. One of the men he had a conversation with asked him, if Warren Jeffs decides that one of your, oh, their, their daughters, they had young daughters. I think the daughters were about nine. I could be mistaken with the age. The one man asks him, when are you going to send your, your daughter off to, to, to Warren to say that she's now ready to be married. And he's like, what do you mean? Like when she's of age, essentially. And the guy's like, so what if Warren says 
that you know she she must get married young and he's like before she's 18 he's like never Mm. basically it will never happen and the dad the other guy was shocked because of course how can you say no to the prophets and we must applaud and there's a sense in which we should be applauding this dad he's like they have to he's like he will have to wait until my daughters are of age for doing the very bare minimum. Mm-hmm. That's bare minimum. For not selling his daughter off for to into statutory rape. Mm-hmm. But others and then he could happen and, and then he, yeah. yeah, and he of course got told on told on, obviously. That mm-hmm. must have been what happened because he was then kicked out of the mm-hmm. of the group. He's his wife his wives reassigned. It, it, power tr- is just power and fear, man. They're just very powerful. I, I, the thing is it corrupts your humanity like i wish people understood that like i mean i think people do but it's also just a challenge to practice like having ethics all around for everything it is a challenge because these men were leaders and Mm -hmm. they of course loved being leaders they loved having power in these groups they loved being looked on as, as this is a an important person in the group and when they get kicked out they no longer have that and now we feel we must feel sorry for them mm-hmm. whereas you were fine wielding the power when you had it mm-hmm. 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 when the when when there was nothing shaky yeah for you for you specifically i mean I, and i also said i said if i'm extending empathy <laughs> <laughs> yes as, because as we should as a more natural sense. state is is yeah you feel absolutely enraged like how do you not see what's going on you know and then how and even as you see it how dare you ask me now to to care about your thing you know because that also exists there's a real revenge is, is um uh, anyway it's, it, not, it was, it's not revenge it's karma i'm not the one doing it ah, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. there was something else i wanted to say and it's getting away from me now um you were extending empathy and the other thing is interestingly i was able to extend some empathy towards the women because i thought about that mother who basically squeezes her child her 14 year old into marrying and remember Warren Jeffs performed all of the marriages Mm -hmm. so it's in front of Warren Jeffs and he she basically squeezes the the child to to go forward with it and thinking there's a part of me that's like how can this mother do this and of course there's many of these these women there's many of these mothers who I mean the, the the ones whose children were taken away and taken to the Zion Ranch and who don't say anything who just let it be and thinking but they don't actually have a say in the society it's not as if they could say no or help you to say no that's um, what I was about to say you can't um, they have no autonomy yeah. you extend empathy because they have no zero agency zero, zero. They, and also when you think about how old they are and how young they must have been how many years they've been in the system asking them to make some kind of different decision is hard you know like it requires some kind of catalyst like even elisa who's just like there's security i'm leaving on this day on sunday i can right it took a lot to get there She was in a situation where she had asked for somebody to help her in so many ways. And she was in a situation and left with nothing, kind of desperate. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's very difficult to to ask that of people who've spent their entire lives having kept sweet 
prayed and obeyed, you know? What, yeah. How are they supposed to suddenly be the community activists? And um, even Elisa, after the, the guilty verdict, mm-hmm. when he was convicted um, of accomplice, being an accomplice to rape on two counts, she thought, this is great. This is going to ch- start this big movement. This and then to person. see nothing nothing it's it's a drop a drop in the ocean um Mm -hmm. especially with when people believe so much and 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 i guess i can extend empathy in a sense to young the young boys there is a sense in which i can who who are raised in it who are born into it who know nothing else Mm -hmm. um and the young girls and it's you we believe what we believe and belief is so strong and I mean, there's this, in fact, I think I know where our quote will come from. There's this John Mayer song called Belief. It's one of my very favorites. And it talks about how strong belief is. We don't understand. There is something about the human psyche that you have to get to, to understand why people do the things they do Mm -hmm. based on belief, based on faith. Mm -hmm. We look for things that confirm our beliefs because our mind wants to believe us. And when we're born into a specific belief, it is so difficult to change our minds and not just born, but when you become part of a movement um, somehow where you're fed things that suit, that most of the time suit you, even if they don't benefit you, Mm, mm, mm. it is so difficult to change your mind, which is why you will have women who will say, we don't believe a woman should be president. Mm -hmm. It doesn't benefit her to say that mm-hmm. but it suits her belief system it and let's not also forget system. that like many of the things that suit us are things like especially in these um religious situations right and the idea is that you don't have to you're not responsible for anything other than just taking in this info and believing it you have there's nothing you must actually do be responsible for consider further so when you're asking someone to change their mind one it's already hard because this is what they know this is their worldview two if you're asking them to change their mind in a way that requires them (laughs) to take active to be active (laughs) and to be responsible for (laughs) and accountable for what what they how they harm others or not you know it's like it's like whoa you know and for how they act based on those beliefs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ah, it is a huge and especially here in a religious one where it is dependent Mm -hmm. they are dependent on their salvation Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. this belief Mm -hmm. they are dependent the it is that's what makes them worthy of existence now exactly it is not just i believe this because of white supremacy in that i'm white and it suits me it is fundamental to their being Mm-hmm. They want to have everlasting life in the celestial plane. Mm-hmm. And they they believe that the only way their souls can be saved is to do these things, is to mm-hmm. act in these ways. And they believe that the only person that knows the truth is Warren Jeffs. Yeah. <sighs> which brings me to what I'll use as our closing quote, which is one of my favorite passages ever written in the world of all time. <laughs> not to get to hold it up to high regard and um i will give a shout out to one of my favorite comedians deborah francis white she has a podcast called the guilty feminist um she's a former jehovah's witness as well so this was also very liberatory to her and yeah she's just uh, a feminist like through and through and she's always looking for 
Um, now I'm speaking about her, even though it's not that relevant. <laughs> but feminists have always been here. People have always been trying to get women, other women have spe- like really spectacular women have done what they could, <laughs> you know, to, to show our full humanity. And one of them um, is a, how do you say this? 16th century poet, Emilia Lanyam. She was part of the aristocracy and she was the first woman to assert herself as a professional f- poet and the first one to be published. She was somewhat elite, so she had access. And people have compared her to Shakespeare, actually, from time to time. And so she, this is the intro, in the introduction to her first volume poetry book that has a Latin name, Salve Deus Rex Judeorum. And so this is her introduction to her poetry book called To the Virtuous Reader. And I'm going to read one of the paragraphs. I've read it to you before. Um, And this is just because I think, you know, we've just been talking about women as victims in the context of this uh, Christian sect of a church, I guess. Sometimes I wonder if I use the word sect wrong. But anyway, this is her offering to she's talking to the men mostly you know, who are running the churches about the way that they treat women. And she says, as also in respect, it pleased our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, without the assistance of a man, being free from original and all other sins, from the time of his conception to the hour of his death, to be begotten of a woman, born of a woman, nourished of a woman, obedient to a woman, and that he healed women, pardoned women, comforted women, yea, even when he was in his greatest agony and bloody sweat, going to be crucified, and also in the last hour of his death, took care to dispose of a woman after his resurrection appeared first to a woman, sent a woman to declare his most glorious resurrection to the rest of his disciples. Many other examples I could allege of diverse, faithful, and virtuous women who have in all ages not only been confessors, but also endured most cruel martyrdom for their faith in Jesus Christ, all of which is sufficient to enforce all good Christians and honorable-minded men to speak reverently of our sex and especially of all virtuous and good women <laughs> thank you welcome to the um, church of nobsad <laughs> can you imagine don't join we are not the leaders of anything subscribe and just with that please i think it's just watch watch this documentary I usually enjoy one and a half hours of a documentary, but I must say all four parts are mm. of this are vital. And if you're looking for something that's fiction, I would propose The Handmaid's Tale, which is not based mm-hmm. on this, on the FLDS specifically, but there are very many um, aspects that are very much related. And do you, did you, just one more thing, did you see at the Texas... Um, temple that eye on the 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 i was like under his eye oh my goodness yes oh no but yeah that being said margaret adwood did base everything in the handmaid's tale on things that had happened in real life have happened in real life yes yes and just like just to repeat what uh amelia lanya was saying you know women have endeared most cruel martyrdom including for their faith such as these women who are in the flds well (sighs) that was that Thank you all for listening and we'll talk again soon. Chat next week. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us, 
please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at Assume It Will Be Brilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant.